listening to Sports Talk New York with Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. And welcome back to 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Mark Rosenman, A.J. Carter, Ryan Sherman with you this Sunday evening. We're glad you tuned in. If you missed the first hour, you missed a great 40 minute, 30 minutes with Eddie Shack, uh, Russ Cohn, and uh, you know, Kyam Talbert. Good I stuff. Cone. <laughs> I am Cohn. I am Yeah, that too. Uh, but... Joining us now is a man who bought, sold, and traded his way into the largest Jose Canseco baseball collection in the world. We get a chance to go along for the ride as he shares those lessons he learned about collecting, more importantly, what he learned about himself throughout the journey in his book, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict, the story of a man who acquired 10 million cards and managed to stay married. It is a pleasure to welcome Tanner Jones to 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Tanner. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely our pleasure. So first of all, I want you to know that you are not alone. I at one time had one entire room from floor to ceiling filled with binders that held every single major card set from 1966 to about 2013, as well as many minor sets. So I get you totally. AJ and I wrote a book about fathers and sons in baseball, so there are a lot of parallels here. So first off, tell us what impact your late father, Dwayne Clark Jones, had on you and your baseball collection, card collection. You know, gosh, <laughs> I love that you said his name on air here. That was great. Uh, I've uh, never had that question before. And uh, my, uh, yeah, my dad, just a wonderful man. Wonderful, wonderful man. He uh, he he helped a lot in my uh, early years of collecting by being the one that actually took me to my favorite baseball card shop, the Bullpen in Fresno when I was growing up. Um, I actually talked to my mom about this years later about what his thoughts on baseball and baseball cards were. And he said, well, Tanner, she said, you know, Tanner, honestly, he really didn't like baseball or baseball cards until you got into it. So it was really kind of a way for him to uh, uh, be with you and have something to do with you. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. I, I love that story. You know, another parallel in our, in our book, in your book, is AJ and I talk about a Met fantasy camper, Shane McDonald, who comes from uh, Saskatchewan. And he bought his first baseball card pack, and before he opened it, he committed to whatever player was on the right. top of that pack, he was going to be a fan of that team. <laughs> it was 1970, and he pulled a Jerry Kuzman, and he committed to be a lifelong Met fan who every two right. years you know, journeys down to Met Fantasy Camp, spends $5,000 to put on the Met uniform. You get a Jose Canseco card in the first pack that you ever got, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But out of that pack, you also had your first baseball trade proposal as well tell us a little bit about that yeah so so we were uh, uh visiting some family friends I, somewhere in california i don't know exactly what city it was but uh you know the uh the son of the family said hey dad i want to go to the baseball card shop and uh okay yeah, let's go so we all went and i didn't know anything about baseball baseball cards back then i was like okay i want to go so he gets uh this a uh, little strange uh uh, wax wrapper covered thing of cards. And I had never seen anything like this before. It was like, Hey mom, dad, can I get one too? And they're like, okay, sure. So they dropped down the 45 cents or whatever it is. And, and here me and Charlie are the ones, uh, opening these, uh, two packs of 87 tops baseball cards. And, uh, you know, so he pulls the uh, national league rookie of the year, Todd Worrell. And he was excited about it. it. Had a gold rookie cup logo in in the bottom corner, so you know I was, I was happy for him. But I got one of those too. And uh, the guy that I got was the AL rookie of the year, Jose Canseco. 
Charlie, for some reason, was as excited as he was over that Todd Worrell card. He was like way more excited than the uh, with the Conseco card that I pulled. Oh man, hey, we should trade, we should trade. I was like, ah, I don't know, I'm not really sure. I don't know anything about either of these guys, but you know, you seem way too excited about my card, so I think I'll probably keep it for now. Way before Facebook groups or Twitter or Instagram, there was Prodigy and CompuServe and other online services. Can you fill our audience in how you use Prodigy to make trades and how one bad experience that still bothers you to these days later concerning Satchel Page? Let's just stop one second and describe Prodigy for people that remember it. It was basically the internet without graphics. Yeah, that's so let me tell you something. Um, That's pretty amazing that you bring that up. First of all, am I still online here? Okay, I just want to make sure that, that you can still hear me. But, oh, man, Prodigy was like my life back in the late 80s and early 90s. So I remember sitting in front of this this glorious machine called a computer. It was the first one we ever had. And just glowing that orange text, you know, and, and I loved it. And so we would dial in and you'd hear all the, the pops and hisses and everything of the modem and, and nobody could use the phone for, you know, however long you're on. And, uh, and so there were these little, uh, I guess you could call them chat rooms. And so we would buy and sell and trade. Now we're not supposed to buy and sell on these, on these, uh, groups here. We're only supposed to be trading. So we thought we were so clever. We would actually have a little secret code that say, let's say we wanted a 1987 Fleer Will Clark. Uh, we would be willing to trade for uh, eight GWRCs, which stood for George Washington rookie cards. So you get eight bucks for that Will Clark. Uh, and I'll tell you though, it was it was a great thing because it actually kind of jump-started me into actually being uh, somebody that could buy and sell baseball cards is the first thing online as well. I mean, I'm using air quotes when I say online. It's nothing like the internet nowadays or anything like that at all. Uh, but it was a blast. And I remember on our ledge every single day, I had like a line of packages going out and a bunch of them coming in. So the mail day back then when I was 9, 10, 11 years old was just as exciting as uh it has been for me the last several years. So, uh, and you know, to kind of uh, answer the other question about what happened with the Satchel Page, uh, I had this 1982. And let me tell you all something, by the way. If you remember the early 90s, this is like this is like the time to be a baseball card collector, right? So, when you have a 1982 Donruss complete set with Cal Ripken Jr. rookie card in there, it's something. And so. I thought I was just a high roller here. I found out somebody that wanted to uh, uh, trade me a 1953 top satchel page. And I think there's something else. I don't remember uh, what it was offhand. Uh, but uh, yeah, we did the trade online and I got the cards. And it turns out they're from 1991 tops archives instead. I, I knew that the, the size was off and I knew that it was glossy. You know, so it shouldn't be like that for the original 53s. I was, I was bummed. I was just absolutely heartbroken. You, you drift away from the hobby at age 14, as many of us do. You know, girls come into the play and things like that. Um, but you get back to it due to an act of nature, an act of God, Hurricane Rita, which brought you back to the hobby. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, I think it's probably about 2005 or so. Uh, I think the electricity was out. And, you know, it's like, what do you do when you don't have electricity or Internet? You know, I mean, like, 
you just like sit there like a knucklehead. I mean, what happens? What do you do? So for me, I was like, well, I guess I'll go up into my office into the uh, closet. And I saw my Jose Canseco baseball card collection from when I was a child. And I pulled them out and I go, oh, man, I remember bringing them downstairs, putting them all over the table and going, oh, this is awesome. I remember this 1988 Donruss, 1989 Fleer, 1987 Tops. There's the Rookie Cup card. And I was just so excited. And then so my mother-in-law and sister-in-law come in. And so they see this grown man sitting here in front of like this table full of baseball cards, not just baseball cards, but baseball cards of one baseball player. And the, my sister-in-law looks at them and looks at me and goes, wow, man crush much. <laughs> and so I, I felt kind of ashamed a little bit, but I was like, you know, she had me pegged. That's, that's pretty much what it was. You know, it's interesting because the second half of the book is dedicated to how you established your truly monumental Jose Canseco collection, which includes the rarest of the sluggers baseball cards. For me, um, when they kept on adding the chase cards is kind of what, lost it for me because it almost made it truly impossible to complete you know complete sets of, of any individual year but you love the chase for all things Canseco so saying that what is the holy grail of all Jose Canseco cards huh man you know it's kind of difficult to say nowadays uh, just because there's been such a glut of new cards I mean there's one of ones they're produced like daily it seems like so I would say Probably for me, though, like, first of all, I love inserts and parallels from the 90s. Like, that's just that's the place to be, I think, you know, as far as cards go. So uh, I would say probably one would be the 1996 Select Certified Mirror Gold. It's a print run of 30 and uh, it's it's a gorgeous card. I've only seen one for sale ever. Uh, there's others. Obviously, there's you know tons of one of ones out there. I when I had my entire collection, I had over 200 one of ones, you know, but uh, I would have probably given up any of those in a heartbeat for the 96 Select Certified Mirror Gold. For me, I think the ultimate would be the Jose Canseco Celebrity Boxing Card because it was actually Ozzy Canseco who showed up. I don't think they actually had that card. But, AJ, you had a question? The question is looking at the value of of a single person's card collection. How does that value get changed up and down but what happens to that person in the news? When the disclosures came out, when the whole thing went to choose, when the, when the book came out, when, when the criticism, but how did the value of Canseco cards rise or fall based on what's happening to him in his life and his other things? You know, that's actually a very, very good question. Um, that happened, like his, uh, his book came out, I think around 2004 or so. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't even really get hardcore into Canseco collecting as an adult until probably about 2013 or 14. Um, now I do have uh, say also, which is kind of interesting to me is uh, whenever I first started, uh, it was almost like, you know how they, they blackballed Jose from baseball. Well, it seems like they also blackballed him from baseball cards because from 2007 to 2013, there's like almost nothing out there as far as cardboard goes. There's a few leaf cards and everything, but tops doesn't have anything. And like, so 2014 is really when they start ramping up everything again. You know, there is now, you know, like I mentioned, I had a tremendous collection when I moved, I, I kept, you know, sold everything with the exception of, for some reason, when I was nine years old, that 1969 top set held special meaning to me. So I held on to that and the 1970 Kellogg 3D set 
is basically you know what I, I've held on to. I've also picked up a couple of the heritage sets. So, but AJ and I still every year when baseball card season ramps up, we stop at the Seven Eleven right down the block here. We pick up and, and we open a couple packs on the air. And we give Ryan the gum. Yeah, we well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he's broken a few teeth on it. Yeah. But <laughs> for someone who still loves the hobby, especially now with all the different you know online communities and, and pop spat, what would you suggest for me to rekindle my love? for collecting, what would you suggest I do? What would be something I should get into at this point? So my first suggestion would be for you to actually uh, sit down and really think about the collection that you had in the past and, th and make a list of the cards that you wish that you had not sold. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily everything about... All of them. Right, right, yeah. It's uh, it's It's not necessarily all about the new cards, obviously. I think we have such a rich history of baseball cards uh, that we can choose from over the past several decades and you know you really past century and a half so let's say for example you kept that 69 top set and this I'll, I'll kind of I'll kind of try to retrofit this for everybody else that's listening as well but uh, you know my thing is like if you if you say hey well I really like that uh, 71 top set also the black borders were beautiful oh man why did I sell that so maybe you think okay well let's go after the 71s instead uh, or as well, or, you know, I, I only went back to 66. What about the 57 top set? Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful set as well. So let's, let's go for that. So I think it's really important to be intentional, uh, as far as what you collect, because if you don't, you're just going to continue getting packs and boxes and cases and, uh, hit something every now and then, but it's not really going to be meaningful. Uh, true. My wife, you know, she knows how much I love it. Whenever she's at garage sale, she picks up these huge 500, you know, you know, count boxes of the, the, the wax pack junk stuff. But it's still fun going through it, hoping you're going to find something. But um, it, I, I love the book, and it was definitely, you know, something that had meaning for me. Where's the best pe place for people to pick up this amazing new book and uh, keep up with you on social media as well? Yeah, so the book can be picked up on Amazon, uh, and it's got free shipping for Amazon Prime folks. I would uh, like to also come out with the audio version of it pretty soon. Uh, we'll see whenever I get time to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, on social media, you can hit me up at uh, TanManBBFan on Twitter and uh, email TanManBaseballFan at gmail.com and my website, TanManBaseballFan.com. Awesome. The, the one thing I have got into, because you mentioned the, the look of those cards, the 69, 70, 71, I do love that the Topps Heritage when they use those designs with the new players. It's that that I, I enjoy a lot, especially some of the inserts. But that's what killed me, the, the inserts where you, you couldn't collect what officially I would consider the complete set because they just kept on adding and adding and adding. And, you know, before you, you know, turned around, it was like a 1,100 cards for 19, you know, 2017 set. Yeah, I completely understand. And I, I think that uh, that's why it's really, really important for us to impose our own limits on these uh, sets. Even if uh, you say, for instance, like the you know 2019 Heritage, instead of going for the variations and the SPs and the SSPs and the other parallels and stuff, if it's like a legitimate base version, I'm, I think that's just a wonderful idea to try to collect as well. Yeah, I, I think that that's you hooked me on it because as I'm reading the book I said I gotta get back into collecting something and it's a great great read so thank you so much it, it reading the book gives you the feeling of, of opening up a wax pack and, and getting cards so it was great great we really enjoyed having you on tonight Tanner well thank you for allowing me to come on it's been good talking to you awesome Tanner Jones confessions of a baseball card addict 
We're going to take a quick break on the other side, AJ's Sunday Papers, and we'll round out the show with the JustEscapeLI.com football report. Maybe Ryan will do the cold read for us. Yeah. The Phoenix Tube Company.